This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. minutes late um, really frustrating trying to get audio visual stuff all set up I had first of all the uh, first of all my h6 wasn't working batteries were out then I had to plug it into my computer and it's taking the power from that a lot of frustration with that and then as I was trying to start the live video, and Curtis can attest because he's sitting next to me, um, it just wouldn't work. Uh, like five, six, seven, eight times, it just said unable to pl play live video. Um, so I apologize from the deepest parts of my heart that we're 15 minutes late. I really don't like, um, I don't really like being starting that late. I like to be, you know, it's kind of maybe my days of being raised in the church, of of being on time. Because if you're, well, I'm gonna try to f do this well. If you're on time, then you're late. That type of thing. So now I feel really, really late. Um, but thank you for anybody who's watching or who will hear this uh, whenever um, you watch it. Um, hope everyone um, had a great week. Um, that everything's you know doing well for all of you guys out there forever wherever you guys are listening and watching from um here in minnesota i you know jay always laughs and caleb always laughs at minnesotans we always talk about the weather well we're going to talk about the weather because in minnesota in december um it's never this warm um we had a cold october had a beautiful november and now we're into december and it's like 40 degrees outside wednesday coming up here in a couple of days, it's supposed to hit 50, which is like March or April weather for Minnesota. So yeah, I'm I'm going to um, talk about the weather, and I I don't care. So comment and you know say if you get me frustrated talking about the weather, I'm not going to stop. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, excited that that you guys can join us. Um, Today is probably going to be somewhat of a shorter talk because um, we're going to talk, finish talking about what we talked about last week on atheism and beyond. Um, I just thought it was um, too important of a topic just to not finish off on. So um, just throw out some comments if you have them. Um, well, you know, and like I say always, if you have a comment, you don't feel comfortable writing in it, uh, you know, writing on it. The comment stream here, send me a text, send me um, an email at revolutionchurchmpls at gmail. Uh, that way, you know you guys can find me on Instagram, on my personal one or Revolution's one. So um, I'm going to leave off. And if you don't know what I'm talking about this one, it's not going to make sense unless you've watched last week's um, talk or conversation. So I apologize um, for that. But the part we're going to come to next, there's just three, uh, three 
um, points left to talk about, um, and then we'll wrap up, and you can be on your way on this Sunday morning. Um, and as I said again, this isn't my words. This is my good friend Josh DeKaiser, who um, I would say is a public theologian out there in the Netherlands. I went to seminary with him. Um, our did our masters together. Actually, I think I was there a brief bit before him. But um, really good guy, really solid guy. Um, look him up on on Instagram, Facebook. He has his like kind of his thing called After God's End. Um, which kind of plays in in line with um, what I'm talking about today, and so he actually wrote this um, little talk or little uh, what would you call it? Not like maybe an essay would be the best on atheism and beyond, and that's what we're uh, talking about and ta- um, uh, taking all gleaning all the stuff out of. So the first part we're going to talk about today is atheism as a necessary God construct. So I'm going to read his words and then we can kind of talk about that. Atheism in its rejection of the culture God of Christendom in which a distinction can no longer be made between God the Father and white colonialist God. Christ the Savior and Christ the settler colonialism has made a brilliant move in the God construct. It has said no to all such constructs. It has crossed out the gods that are part of such constructs. It has done the right thing. From my analysis, which is Josh, though it is not enough, we are now stuck in a confusing debate in which people who do not make the distinction between God is the ground of being, uh, God is the ground and God is construct, keep fighting against each other over some alleged existence of something that is defined in human terms. Of course, all gods of all God constructs exist in the sense that they exist in constructs in a mental space of the mind that's why this god has wreaked such havoc in the non-western world it is all real um that's a lot that's pretty heavy uh i think one thing i want to talk about that is a lot of the god constructs that we see prevalent in a lot of the i'm just going to say it in a lot of the evangelical circles not all i don't want to put a wide swath but in a lot of the um, evangelical circles is that white colonialist God, that white settler um, God where they kind of come in. We know about colonialism. If you don't know about colonialism, I can't even say the word. Colonialism is when the white settlers from Europe or wherever um, came and literally came in, murdered, wreaked havoc on the native population and we came in, and obviously this is a dumbed-down version. I could talk for hours about colonialism. But, you know, it's like they brought their version of God, their white version of Jesus, their Scandinavian or Germanic version of Jesus, of God. And it's the colonialism is now that is the standard view on how to look at God. That is the standard way God needs to be interpreted. And people don't realize that, the church has never really divorced themselves from that white colonialist God um, mentality. And I would say even um, mainline churches do it as well. Um, They don't, I don't think they're as uh, blatant about it. Um, They will try to forget about the sins of the past, or they won't forget about the sins of the past 
You hear a lot of people in mainline denominations talking about social justice issues, um, which is great, but they still fall into the construct of the white colonialist God. Um, and, and you see in a lot of black churches, regardless of denomination, is you don't see that white colonialist God motif and, and theme as you do in mainline white churches and mainline, uh, mainline um, white evangelical churches. So that is that construct that has been so uh, poisonous, has been so horrible, that has been so uh, just wrong and evil. And Josh is kind of bringing up that point of, you know, that's, that's uh, why atheism is a powerful God construct. And I was actually talking to my neighbor last night about this. We were out on the porch having some drinks, um, social distance drinks. Um, and I remember saying, you know, kind of saying what I was going to talk about. And he was like, well, isn't atheism a construct in and of itself too? And I was like, atheism is a construct because every view, every, every view that we have philosophically, theologically is a construct. But I, I, and I think that's why Josh poignantly titled this essay, Atheism and Beyond, because what do you get when you've deconstructed? And like I said last week, I like it this talk to be more of like God deconstructed than atheism and beyond. But if you kind of play with the atheism and beyond, um, what comes after those? And we were talking, and maybe it's mysticism. Maybe it's nihilism. Maybe it's... I don't know, fill in the fill in the blank, fill in the gap of what um, it could potentially be. But I think that this part of atheism as a necessary God construct um, is we need to tear down people who do classify themselves as Christians or a person of faith. We need to tear down that that colonialist, that white colonialist mindset of of God. And it's hard to do because we're so embedded into it. Um, I mean, just just go into your church and just see how everything um, that you do in your church, from the way your pastors preach to the way how you just the structure of the service, uh, it's you'll be hard pressed to find that they're not doing it out of a white colonialist God mentality. Um, yeah, and you know the these constructs. I like how he says that they exist as constructs in the mental space of the mind. Um, and that's why they've wreaked havoc in, in our world so much. Um, and, and I guess in the non-Western world, because a lot of people look to the Western world, look at Western Christianity to kind of get their information. Not all, not all non-Western uh, countries do, but uh, a lot of it, a lot of them look to the, like to America, looked to um, Canada. I mean, it's all part of North America, Canada, and America, and in Europe. And if we have these colonialistic views of God, white God only can be spoke of in male terms. It's very patriarchal, very misogynistic, and you know, sadly, that works for some people, and they don't want to push that narrative. They don't want to push that construct. Um, but how can you, um, expect someone to want to worship God if, let's say they're from Africa, let's say they're from Southeast Asia, even South America, where they're not white people, and then we say, let's worship this God, let's worship this Jesus, 
but that God, that Jesus, is white, is male, um, and that's the only way you view them or can see them. They're going to have an issue with that, as they should. And we look at our, so often the way I was raised, not by my parents, I always say that, but by the church, was that Jesus was a man, Jesus was white, Jesus um, was blonde hair, blue eyes, looked like me. That's a construct, but not only is that a construct, but that is a white colonialist construct. And um, it's just wrong. And that that takes up our headspace, unfortunately. And then when that takes up our headspace and we get embedded to it, whether you go to your church, if you're a theologian, if you're a professor, then that comes out of your mouth. And then people interpret that view of God as the right version, which that's really not the right version of God if we all follow. I'm going to go to the second out of the third point. Uh, what do we do with this? How do we move beyond? The best thing one can do, this is Josh saying, is I deeply believe is moving beyond the theist and atheist debate, saying, saying no to the God constructs and saying no to the no against the God constructs, or better, ignore them. Of course, it will not be understood Christians call me an atheist, and atheists unfollow me on Instagram. That's not me. This is Josh. I want to read that last point. This is, that was pretty poignant. Saying no to the God constructs and saying no to the no against the God constructs, or better, ignore them. Of course it will not be understood. Christians call me an atheist, and atheists unfollow me on Instagram. I want to embody a position where a certain agnosticism inspires me to follow Christ into the world so that God may become manifest. We can know absolutely nothing about God. All we can confirm is that God cannot possibly exist, but not exist in the way we apply the word to things in the world and the world itself. Where God's existence is argued for you, you can be sure those who do worship God and idol, or for those who do worship and idol couple things that's really heady. First point I want to talk about, uh, I agree with Josh fully. I don't think uh, the atheistic um, Christian debate or dialectic as he used is really that, um, really that important anymore. Um, I tell someone, if someone's a, an atheist, I'm like, that works for you. That's great. I'm a Christian. That's great. And we can have these these differences. I remember when I was in college and seminary, at least in one class, we always had to read a book where it, it pitted uh, a Christian and an atheist, like a Christian scholar and an atheistic scholar. And I always hated reading those books that these professors assigned because I was like, they're not even coming at the same starting point. You know, like they, they were cordial they had a good conversation, but at the end of the, you know, people are like, oh, it was a debate, you know, the Christian one or the atheist would say the atheist one. And at the end of the day, it never really passed the muster to me because I was like, these people are coming at it from polar opposite ends of the spectrum. The atheist wanting the Christian to become an atheist or maybe agnostic, and then the Christian having the atheist saying, uh, you need to, you know, you need to believe in Jesus. And at the end of the day, you know, I think they just got probably were mad at themselves or frustrated and it never really went anywhere. So I agree with Josh is you can, 
maybe don't have a debate, but maybe have a conversation with your friends. And I say at the end of the day, and, and I have family members who are pastors, a ton of friends that I went to seminary who are pastors, and I always tell them, you're in the business of conversion. That, that is what you want to do. You want to convert people to our faith. And I said, I'm not about conversion as a pastor. I'm about conversation. I want to have a conversation with people. And that conversation never is, you need to get to the point where I believe in God. Or you need to get to the point where you need to do this. My point is, I just want to have a conversation with you about whatever you're, wherever you're at in your life. If we talk about God, great. If we don't talk about God, great. If you want to tell me that you don't believe in God, that, that's fine. And I think that's what Josh is trying to say is we need to move beyond this, this dialectic of I'm an atheist, I'm a Christian, we're at odds against one another, uh, we're at odds against one another. Because in a way of what we said last week, when you have this mantle and as humans we always have to label ourselves, we label ourselves a Christian or an atheist, husband, wife, you know, employee or unemployed. I'm not saying that those things are all wrong, but just we as humans, we work in the constructs in the in confinement of of labels of of constructs that we say that we're okay with. And as I said, it's not necessarily wrong, but I I feel like when we pit each other, of like, oh, this is my friend. I don't ever look at my friend. I'm like, oh, this is my friend who's an atheist, and hopefully they don't look at me and say, oh, this is my friend Brian who's a pastor who's a Christian. I just want someone to look at me and be like, this is Brian, this is whoever. And if it does come up somewhere in a conversation of where our faith or unbelief comes in, that's fine. But that shouldn't be what it is because when you have to say like, oh, I am a Christian or I'm an atheist, then that viewpoint in a way becomes your idol. Like you're enslaved to it. It's It's like in your thinking, you're like, this gives me worth because I am an atheist. This gives me worth because I'm a Christian. And I'm not saying that those things are wrong, but maybe don't hold it so tightly, if that makes sense. The second thing I was going to say um, on this part of what he was talking about, um, and I agree with Josh, and I've known Josh. We don't talk as much anymore just because he's halfway around the world. Um, but I had said this to him many years ago when I was at um, seminary with him. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily, they think a- atheism and agnosticism are the same thing, which they're not. They actually have a lot of, they have some similarities and they also have a lot of differences. Um, when you say you're agnostic or or, or, or you have ag- agnostic thinking, agnosticism means you don't necessarily believe that there is a god but there is a possibility of a god that you you in your mental capacity or when you've read books or whatever you you can't fully get to the point where you're like yep there's jesus there's god or there's any not just within our faith but talking you know with islam or buddhism or hinduism anything that has uh i guess buddhism doesn't have deity but you know what i mean um that there is, there might be a higher power, there might be a God, but it just doesn't really make that hill, hill of difference to you. Um, so that's, that's more in the theological way. But agnosticism also means when you have 
uh, uh, like a viewpoint. Like I re- remember writing in a paper in the uh, in seminary, and as I've told you, I went to a conserva- conservative seminary, and I actually had to write a paper on the end times, the end things. And I remember writing this paper, and I get to that point, and I'm writing all this stuff and what my opinions are, and I get to the end, and I said, frankly, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I have these opinions, I have these views, but at the end of the day, I'm like, if the world's gonna hap- is gonna end, and it's gonna way- it end the way it does in the Bible, there's nothing I can do about it. Or if it doesn't happen the way the Bible says it's gonna happen, then I don't really care about it because I have no control over it myself. And remember, my I got a good grade on the paper, but one of the comments that my professor wrote, and I still know him and, and somewhat friends with him to this day, is he was like, I really liked how you took the, this agnostic view. And of course, that A word came up, and I was like, oh my gosh, the guy thinks I'm an agnostic. I, so I emailed him and said, can we talk? And I go into his office, and I was like, not in hysterics, but I was just really troubled that he, in essence, called me an agnostic. And he was like, no, Brian, I didn't say you were agnostic. I said, you had an agnostic stance on this. And he's like, an agnostic stance, all that that means is you you don't hold to a certain view. You're just agnostic about it. You're just like, yep, it could happen. It might not happen. I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to worry about that. And I and I've said to people before, as I said, we like to wear um, different hats and and different um, constructs about ourselves. And I would say, uh, not, maybe my family doesn't like it when I say this, but you know, I like to call myself a Christian agnostic. And all that that means as a Christian agnostic is I do believe in the teachings of Jesus. I don't believe everything in the Bible is real or true, but I do believe in the teachings of Jesus. However. I'm agnostic because at the end of the day, I can't prove that these things are true. I can't prove that Jesus died and rose again. I can't prove that Jesus turned water into wine. I can't prove that Jesus did all these miracles. I have hope and I have faith that God, or that Jesus did that. But I'm agnostic because, and I'm very passionate about this, I'm agnostic because I don't think Jesus wants us to try to go to every single person and say, you you have to literally believe that I died and rose again to believe who I really am. Or you have to really believe every single miracle that I did is factual and real. Because if you don't, then you're, you know your faith is null and you're going to hell, blah, 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 blah. So I think the agnostic point that Josh brought up was really good because he was like, let's just have the, a more agnostic understanding of it, of... If you're a Christian, great, be a Christian, but don't make your Christian life, your Christian faith, be an idol for yourself and maybe unto others. And even if you're an atheist, don't hold your atheism so tight where you alienate yourself, not from just other atheists or that you're just this angry, embittered atheist, but that you can actually have a conversation with people of faith, of Christianity, or others. And because, and maybe this is kind of Pete Rollinish too, atheism and Christianity are the same side of the coin. Like, if you didn't have Christianity, you wouldn't have atheism. If you didn't have atheism, in a lot of ways, you wouldn't have Christianity. Because they they play off of each other. Like, they, they, they hit off of each other. But I think it's why that debate is so popular still is because you always have the atheist and the Christian trying to convert one another into their into their side, into their camp, and you can't. So 
have a more middle ground of this agnostic approach of holding to your said belief system, that's fine. Also know that those said belief systems are also constructs, but then have that more agnostic approach of um, of not holding it so tightly. And I always tell people, even with my theological views, I'm not going to die on, on a theological hill for whatever. I'll, and I won't hold any theological view so tight that I'm like, I'm going to go die on this hill for this belief. I'm going to say, yeah, I believe in it. 